The Hobbit, Chapter 5, Riddles in the Dark, Part 2. Gollum was disappointed once more, and now he was getting angry, and also tired of the game. It had made him very hungry indeed. This time he did not go back to the boat. He sat down in the dark by Bilbo. That made the hobbit most dreadfully uncomfortable and scattered his wits. It's got to ask us a question, my precious. Yes, yes, yes. Just one more question to guess. Yes, yes, said Gollum. But Bilbo simply could not think of any question with that nasty, wet, cold thing sitting next to him and pawing and poking him. He scratched himself. He pinched himself. Still, he could not think of anything. Ask us! Ask us! said Gollum. Bilbo pinched himself and slapped himself. He gripped on his little sword. He even felt in his pocket with his other hand. There he found the ring he had picked up in the passage and forgotten about. What have I got in my pocket? he said aloud. He was talking to himself, but Gollum thought it was a riddle, and he was frightfully upset. Not fair, not fair, he hissed. It isn't fair, my precious, is it, to ask us what it's got in its nasty little pockets is. Bilbo, seeing what had happened, and having nothing better to ask, stuck to his question. What have I got in my pocket? he said louder. Hissed Gollum. It must give us three guesses, my precious. Three guesses. Very well. Guess away, said Bilbo. Hanses, said Gollum. Wrong, said Bilbo, who had luckily just taken his hand out again. Guess again. Said Gollum, more upset than ever. He thought of all the things he kept in his own pockets. Fish bones, goblin's teeth, wet shells, a bit of bat wing, a sharp stone to sharpen his fangs on, and other nasty things. He tried to think what other people kept in their pockets. Knife, he said at last. Wrong, said Bilbo, who had lost his some time ago. Last guess. Now Gollum was in a much worse state than when Bilbo had asked him the egg question. He hissed and spluttered and rocked himself backwards and forwards and slapped his feet on the floor and wriggled and squirmed, but still he did not dare to waste his last guess. Come on, said Bilbo, I am waiting. He tried to sound bold and cheerful, but he did not feel at all sure how the game was going to end, whether Gollum guessed right or not. Time's up, he said. Strain or nothing, shrieked Gollum, which was not quite fair, working in two guesses at once. Both wrong, cried Bilbo, very much relieved, and he jumped at once to his feet, put his back to the nearest wall, and held out his little sword. He knew, of course, that the real game was sacred and of immense antiquity, and even wicked creatures were afraid to cheat when they played at it. But he felt he could not trust this slimy thing to keep any promise at a pinch. Any excuse would do for him to slide out of it. And after all, that last question had not been a genuine riddle, according to the ancient laws. But at any rate, Gollum did not at once attack him. He could see the sword in Bilbo's hand. He sat still, shivering and whispering. At last, Bilbo could wait no longer. Well, he said, what about your promise? I want to go. You must show me the way. Did we say so, precious? Show the nasty little baggins the way out? Yes, yes. But what has it got in its pocketsies, eh? 
Not string, precious, but not nothing. Oh, no, Gollum. Never you mind, said Bilbo. A promise is a promise. Cross it is, impatient, precious, hissed Gollum. But it, would, it must wait. Yes, it must. We can't go up the tunnel so hasty. We must go and get some things first. Yes, things to help us. Well, hurry up, said Bilbo, relieved to think of going, Gollum going away. He thought he was just making an excuse and did not mean to come back. What was Gollum thinking about? What useful thing could he keep out on the dark lake? But he was wrong. Gollum did mean to come back. He was angry now and hungry, and he was a miserable, wicked creature, and already he had a plan. Not far away was his island, of which Bilbo knew nothing, and there in his hiding place he kept a few wretched oddments and one very beautiful thing, very beautiful, very wonderful. He had a ring, a golden ring, a precious ring. My birthday present, he whispered to himself, as he had often done in the endless dark days. That's what we want now. Yes, we want it. He wanted it because it was a ring of power. And if you slipped that ring on your finger, you were invisible. Only in the full sunlight could you be seen, and then only by your shadow. And that would be shaky and faint. My birthday present. It came to me on my birthday, my precious. So he had always said to himself, but who knows how Gollum came by that present ages ago in the old days when such rings were still at large in the world. Perhaps even the master who ruled them could not have said. Gollum used to wear it at first till it tired him, and then he kept it in a pouch next his skin till it galled him. And now usually he hid it in a hole in the rock on his island and was always going back to look at it. And still, sometimes he put it on, when he could not bear to be parted from it any longer, or when he was very, very hungry and tired of fish. Then he would creep along dark passages, looking for stray goblins. He might even venture into places where the torches were lit, and made his eyes blink and smart, for he would be safe. Oh yes, quite safe. No one would see him, no one would notice him, till he had his fingers on their throat. Only a few hours ago he had worn it, and caught a small goblet imp. How it squeaked! He still had a bone or two left to gnaw, but he wanted something softer. Quite safe, yes, he whispered to himself. It won't see us, will it, my precious? No, it won't see us and its nasty little sword will be useless. Yes, quite. That is what was in his wicked little mind as he slipped suddenly from Bilbo's side and flapped back to his boat and went off into the dark. Bilbo thought he had heard the last of him. Still, he waited a while, for he had no idea how to find his way out alone. Suddenly, he heard a screech. It sent a shiver down his back. Gollum was cursing and wailing away in the gloom, not very far off by the sound of it. He was on his island, scrabbling here and there, searching and seeking in vain. Where is it? Where is it? Bilbo heard him crying. Lost it is, my precious, lost, lost. Curse us and crush us. My precious is lost. What's the matter? Bilbo called. 
What have you lost? It mustn't ask us, shrieked Gollum. Not its business. No, Gollum. It's lost. Gollum. 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 Well, so am I, cried Bilbo, and I want to get unlost. And I won the game, and you promised. So come along. Come and let me out, and then go on with your looking. Utterly miserable as Gollum sounded, could, Bilbo could not find much pity in his heart. And he had a feeling that anything Gollum wanted so much could hardly be something good. Come along, he shouted. No, not yet, precious, Gollum answered. We must search for it. For it. It's lost, Gollum. But you never guessed my last question, and you promised, said Bilbo. Never guessed, said Gollum. Then suddenly, out of the gloom, came a sharp hiss. What has it got in its pocketsies? Tell us that. It must tell first. As far as Bilbo know, there was no particular reason why he should not tell. Gollum's mind had jumped to a guess quicker than his. Naturally, for Gollum had brooded for ages on this one thing, and he was always afraid of its being stolen. But Bilbo was annoyed at the delay. After all, he had won the game, pretty fairly, at a horrible risk. Answers were to be guessed, not given, he said. But it wasn't a fair question, said Gollum. Not a riddle, precious, no. Oh, well, if it's a matter of ordinary questions, Bilbo replied, then I asked one first. What have you lost? Tell me that. What has it got in its pocketsies? The sound came hissing louder and sharper, and as he looked towards it, to his alarm, Bilbo now saw two small points of light peering at him. As suspicion grew in Gollum's mind, the light of his eyes burned with a pale flame. What have you lost? Bilbo persisted. But now the light in Gollum's eyes had become a green fire, and it was coming swiftly nearer. Gollum was in his boat again, paddling wildly back to the dark shore, and such a rage of loss and suspicion was in his heart that no sword had any terror for him. Bilbo could not guess what had maddened the wretched creature. But he saw that all was up, and that Gollum meant to murder him, at any rate. Just in time, he turned and ran blindly back up the dark passage down which he had come, keeping close to the wall and feeling it with his left hand. What has it got in its pocketsies? he heard the hiss loud behind him, and the splash as Gollum leapt from his boat. What have I, I wonder, he said to himself, as he panted and stumbled along. He put his left hand in his pocket. The ring felt very cold as it quietly slipped onto his groping forefinger. The hiss was close behind him. He turned now and saw Gollum's eyes like small green lamps coming up the slope. Terrified, he tried to run faster, but suddenly he struck his toes on a snag in the floor and fell flat with his little sword under him. In a moment, Gollum was on him. But before Bilbo could do anything, recover his breath, pick himself up, or wave his sword, Gollum passed by, taking no notice of him, cursing and whispering as he ran. What could it mean? Gollum could see in the dark. Bilbo could see the light of his eyes palely shining, even from behind. Painfully, he got up and sheathed his sword, which was now glowing faintly again. Then very cautiously he followed. There seemed nothing else to do. It was no good crawling back down to Gollum's water. Perhaps if he followed him, Gollum might lead him to some way of escape without meaning to. 
Curse it, curse it, curse it, hissed Gollum. Curse the Baggins, it's gone. What has it got in its pocket sees? Oh, we guess, we guess, my precious. He's found it, yes, he must have, my birthday present. Bilbo pricked up his ears. He was at last beginning to guess himself. He hurried a little, getting as close as he dared behind Gollum, who was still going quickly, not looking back, but turning his head from side to side, as Bilbo could see from the faint glimmer on the walls. My birthday present, curse it! How did we lose it, my precious? Yes, that's it. When we came this way last, when we twisted that nasty young squeaker, that's it, curse it! It slipped from us. After all these ages and ages, it's gone, Gollum. Suddenly, Gollum sat down and began to weep, a whistling and gurgling sound, horrible to listen to. Bilbo halted and flattened himself against the tunnel while. After a while, Gollum stopped weeping and began to talk. He seemed to be having an argument with himself. It's no, no good going back there to search. No, we doesn't remember all the places we visited. And it's no use. The Baggins has got it in his pocket sees. The nasty noser has found it, we says. We guesses, precious, only guesses. We can't know till we find the nasty creature and squeezes it. But it doesn't know what the president, what the present can do, does it? It'll just keep it in its pocket sees. It doesn't know, and it can't go far. It's lost itself, the nasty, nosy thing. It doesn't know the way out. It said so. It said so, yes, but it's tricksy. It doesn't say what it means. It won't say what it's got in its pocketsies. It knows. It knows a way in. It must know a way out. Yes, it's off to the back door. To the back door, that's it. The goblinses will catch it then. It can't get out that way, precious. Scum, goblinsies, yes. But if it's got the present, our precious present, then goblinsies will get it, Gollum. They'll find it. They'll find out what it does. We shan't ever be safe again, never, Gollum. One of the goblinses will put it on, and then no one will see him. He'll be there, but not seen. Not even our clever eyes will notice him, and he'll come creepsy and tricksy and catch us. Gollum, Gollum. Then let's stop talking, precious, and make haste. If the Baggins has gone that way, we must go quick and see. Go, not far now. Make haste. With a spring, Gollum got up and started shambling off at a great pace. Bilbo hurried after him, still cautiously, though his chief fear now was of tripping on another snag and falling with a noise. His head was in a whirl of hope and wonder. It seemed that the ring he had was a magic ring. It made you invisible. He had heard of such things, of course, in old, old tales, but it was hard to believe that he really had found one by accident. Still, there it was. Gollum with his bright eyes had passed him by only a yard to one side. On they went, Gollum flip-flapping ahead, hissing and cursing, Bilbo behind going as softly as a hobbit can. Soon they came to places where, as Bilbo had noticed on the way down, side passages opened, this way and that. Gollum began at once to count them. 
One left, yes. One right, yes. Two right, yes, yes. Two left, yes, yes. And so on and on. As the count grew, he slowed down, and he began to get shaky and weepy, for he was leaving the water further and further behind, and he was getting afraid. Goblins might be about, and he had lost his ring. At last he stopped by a low opening on their left as they went up. Seven right, yes. Six left, yes, he whispered. This is it. This is the way to the back door. Yes, here's the passage. He peered in and shrank back. But we durstn't go in, precious. No, we durstn't. Goblins is down there. Lots of goblinses. We smells them. Sss. What shall we do? Curse them and crush them. We must wait here, precious. Wait a bit and see. So they came to a dead stop. Gullum had brought Bilbo to the way out after all, but Bilbo could not get in. There was Gollum sitting humped up right in the opening, and his eyes gleamed cold in his head, and he swayed it from side to side between his knees. Bilbo crept away from the wall more quietly than a mouse, but Gollum stiffened at once and sniffed, and his eyes went green. He hissed softly but menacingly. He could not see the hobbit, but now he was on the alert, and he had other senses that the darkness had sharpened, hearing and smell. He seemed to be crouched right down with his hands, with his flat hands splayed on the floor, and his head thrust out, nose almost to the stone. Though he was only a black shadow in the gleam of his own eyes, Bilbo could see or feel that he was tense as a bowstring, gathered for a spring. Bilbo almost stopped breathing and went stiff himself. He was desperate. He must get away out of this horrible darkness while he had any strength left. He must fight. He must stab the foul thing, put its eyes out, kill it. It meant to kill him. No, not a fair fight. He was invisible now. Gollum had no sword. Gollum had not actually threatened to kill him or tried to yet. And he was miserable, alone, lost. A sudden understanding, a pity, mixed with horror, welled up in Bilbo's heart. A glimpse of endless, unmarked days without light or hope of betterment. Hard stone, cold fish, sneaking and whispering. All these thoughts passed in the flash of a second. He trembled. And then, quite suddenly, in another flash, as if lifted by a new strength and resolve, he leaped. No great leap for a man, but a leap in the dark. Straight over Gollum's head he jumped, seven feet forward and three in the air. Indeed, had he known it, he only just missed cracking his skull on the low arch of the passage. Gollum threw himself backwards and grabbed as the hobbit flew over him, but too late. His hands snapped, snapped on thin air, and Bilbo, falling fair in his sturdy feet, sped off down the tunnel. He did not turn to see what Gollum was doing. There was a hissing and a cursing, almost at his heels at first, then it stopped. All at once there came a blood-curdling shriek, filled with hatred and despair. Gollum was defeated. He dared go no further. He had lost. 
lost his prey, and lost, too, the only thing he had ever cared for, his precious. The cry brought Bilbo's heart to his mouth, but still he held on. Now faint as an echo, but menacing, the voice came behind. Thief! 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 Baggins! We hates it! We hates it! We hates it forever! Then there was a silence, but that too seemed menacing to Bilbo. If goblins are so near that he smelt them, he thought, then they'll have heard his shrieking and cursing. Careful now, or this way will lead you to worse things. The passage was low and roughly made. It was not too difficult for the hobbit, except when, in spite of all care, he stubbed his poor toes again several times on nasty, jagged stones of the floor. A bit low for goblins, at least for the big ones, thought Bilbo, not knowing that even the big ones, the orcs of the mountains, go along at a great speed, stooping low with their hands almost on the ground. Soon the passage that had been sloping down began to go up again, and after a while it climbed steeply. That slowed Bilbo down, but at last the slope stopped, the passage turned a corner and dipped down again, and there, at the bottom of a short incline, he saw, filtering round another corner, a glimpse of light. Not red light, as a fire or lantern, but a pale, out-of-doors sort of light. Then Bilbo began to run. Scuttling as fast as his legs would carry him, he turned the last corner and came suddenly right into an open space, where the light, after all that time in the dark, seemed dazzling, dazzlingly bright. Really, it was only a leak of sunshine in through a doorway, where a great door, a stone door, was left standing open. Bilbo blinked, and then suddenly he saw the goblins. Goblins in full armor, with drawn swords sitting just inside the door, and watching it with wide eyes, and watching the passage that led to it. They were aroused, alert, ready for anything. They saw him sooner than he saw them. Yes, they saw him. Whether it was an accident or a last trick of the ring before it took a new master, it was not on his finger. With yells of delight, the goblins rushed upon him. A pang of fear and loss, like an echo of Gollum's misery, smote Bilbo, and forgetting even to draw his sword, he stuck his hands into his pockets, and there was the ring still in his left pocket, and it slipped on his finger. The goblins stopped short. They could not see a sign of him. He had vanished. They yelled twice as loud as before, but not so delightedly. Where is it? they cried. Go back up the passage, some shouted. This way, some yelled. That way, others yelled. Look out for the door, bellowed the captain. Whistles blew, armor clashed, swords rattled, goblins cursed and swore and ran hither and thither, falling over one another and getting very angry. There was a terrible outcry to do and disturbance. Bilbo was dreadfully frightened, but he had the sense to understand what had happened and to sneak behind a big barrel which held drink for the goblin guards, and so get out of the way and avoid being bumped into, trampled to death, or caught by feel. I must get to the door, I must get to the door, he kept on saying to himself, but it was a long time before he ventured to try. Then it was like a horrible game of blind man's bluff. The place was full of goblins running about, 
and the poor little hobbit dodged this way and that, was knocked over by a goblin who could not make out what he had bumped into, scrambled away on all fours, slipped between the legs of the captain just in time, got up, and ran for the door. It was still ajar, but a goblin had pushed it nearly to. Bilbo struggled, but he could not move it. He tried to squeeze through the crack. He squeezed and squeezed, and he stuck. It was awful. His buttons had got wedged on the edge of the door and the doorpost. He could see outside into the open air. There were a few steps running down into a narrow valley between tall mountains. The sun came out from behind a cloud and shone bright on the outside of the door, but he could not get through. Suddenly, one of the goblins inside shouted, There is a shadow by the door. Something is outside. Bilbo's heart jumped into his mouth. He gave a terrific squirm. Buttons burst off in all directions. He was through with a torn coat and waistcoat, leaping down the steps like a goat, while bewildered goblins were still picking up his nice brass buttons on the doorstep. Of course, they soon came down after him, hooting and hallooing and hunting among the trees. But they don't like the sun. It makes their legs wobble and their heads giddy. They could not find Bilbo with the ring on, slipping in and out of the shadow of the trees, running quick and quiet and keeping out of the sun. So soon they went back grumbling and cursing to guard the door. Bilbo had escaped. End of chapter 5